0: Hi, and welcome to Exiting in Through the 2010s, a podcast where we reflect and dissect the movies of the past 10 years. I'm your host, Jack Draper, and with me, as always, is your co-host, Clay Williams.
1: This is a Christmas movie, and I'm excited, even though it is nowhere near Christmas. It's, I, I, it's kind I, of I, I think
2: it's... No, don't tell t- Actually, the, don't tell me. that. the business sense...
1: Don't tell me. Don't tell me it's, tell me it's actually Christmas. close. I was... Oh, no. Merry Christmas, man. All right, never mind. I'm sorry. It's, it's already is, Valentine's Day. This actually. is a horrible... This is a horrible beginning. I, I apologize. This is... I'm just... <laughs> you know, I'm now I'm having else. an existential crisis. I'm having an existential crisis right now. It's, it's, it, I guess it's that close. Okay. All right. Sorry. It's, it's uh, and we have day day a day. very special guest.
0: That's where the show is. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah it's true. I it's it's, it's true, but... I know, but like... <laughs> I don't want it to be. I, I don't I, time either. Moves We're too celebrating fun. it. I guess. Yeah. All right. All right. Sorry oh, about this. Guest, I, please. Uh, we have the great, the excellent uh Meg Brady on, writer hey guys. for
0: the
1: Simple Simon. Thanks so, so
3: much platform. for having me. I'm so excited.
0: Yeah, tell everyone a little bit about yourself.
3: Okay. So I am a film lover, of course. Why else would I be here? Um, I write for The Simple Cinephile, which is amazing. And uh, yeah, I'm just really excited to be on the podcast. Um, I work in podcasts, so kind of like just an extension of work, I guess, Mm. at this point. Um, Yeah, but really excited to discuss the film.
0: What is your relationship with? Carol, which actually, before we do get into that, I would like <laughs> to point out, not only is it near Christmas time, and this is why we're discussing Carol, um, I see everyone else is, like every critic and writer online is making their top 10 of the year and top 10 of the decade, and mm-hmm. does it feel like we've beat them? <laughs> like, not only, I think we all have our personal lists, right, of the decade and of the year, but since we started an entire show about it, it's like we've we're, like, doing the best job of celebrating the decade.
3: You oh. guys really have.
0: Yeah.
1: Wait, are you... Was that just a roundabout way to just congratulate ourselves? I mean, I'm, I I'm mean, cool with it. I'm cool with it. Like, yeah, we're awesome, but, like, I, I didn't expect you to go there. I thought you were gonna talk about <laughs> how it's also in relation to Dark Waters, Todd Haynes' new film.
0: Yes, that that is true. I was going to. But... There i don't you know I, I just feel like it it's worth pointing out just just because it's it's new december and this is usually the time of the year that that everyone does that and
1: well we haven't done dread yet and we, i think once we do dread i think we can, com- we can stop the show. officially come no that's when we uh can officially claim that we are celebrating the 2010s the best we need to talk about dread so dread. that's uh, dread
0: stay
2: tuned sorry Okay,
1: I, sure. I I love that movie, but I, I just think about it too much. Mm. You know, you know he's a judge. He's, he's, he's dread. He's dread. And he has a mask, and it's cool. Nice. This, all right. This is all valuable Sorry. information. But Carol Carol makes me think of yeah. Judge Dread a lot. I, don't, I I don't know why. Um, <laughs> Todd Haynes is dread. But yes, Todd Haynes' new movie Dark Waters, and Jack, I don't think you've seen it. I have not seen it either. Mega seen it. Megan has seen it. What do you think of his new film before we get into his oh, Waters. carols?
3: Yeah, I actually reviewed it. Um, I actually went to, so I live in New York and I went to the Alamo draft house in Brooklyn and Todd Haynes and Mark Ruffalo were at the screening and they did a little Q and a after. So that was pretty cool. I liked it. I thought, you know, it's pretty standard, you know, procedural kind of like whistle, bro- whistleblower drama. Um, but I think it's just, it's elevated. Like, Haynes's style is just so unique and so precise. And after, actually after rewatching Carol this week, I realized how much I saw the same style in Dark Waters. The really like, the focus on these like little moments, the, the way he shoots things, like the way he shoots landscapes and things like that, and like cars driving and things like that. Was really really similar. I thought Ruffalo was really good. Um, you know, he he's so passionate about those kind of issues, mm. with, like environmental, political, super passionate. Yeah, so so you could just tell this was something he really wanted to bring, a story he really wanted to bring to life, and yeah, and even in the Q and A after, you know, he like gave this like big long. Uh, Kind of like speech about how you know if we all band together we can like you know fight the powers that be and and all this stuff so he's he's very it's very much his brand
2: mm.
3: um but yeah i mean it was good it, it's it's got you know character and, and it's got a lot of heart but yeah i liked it
2: but it was good uh different for, great different
3: for todd haynes obviously very different from carol <laughs> in terms of the plot <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I'm interested in seeing it. I'm interested in seeing it. I, I, It's it's definitely not on the top of my must-see list, but I'm interested. I like Haynes. I like Ruffalo.
3: Yeah, and that's kind of the thing. I went with two of my friends, and, you know, we really like Mark Ruffalo, obviously. I mean, like, it's kind of hard not to like Who Mark Ruffalo. He doesn't, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah.
3: That kind of great guy, whatever. Um, So that was kind of, I said to them, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, he's going to be at the screening. Should we go? And they were like, yeah. And we also really like to go see movies together, so... Hmm. Um, It was a very nice night at the theater.
0: (laughs) Do you remember the first time you saw this, Carol? Carol? Carol. I
3: I mean, I didn't see it when it came out. And Mm -hmm. I I don't even think I saw it that year because I was still in college then. And I was a senior in college, actually. And so, like, just busy time. Like, when I was in college, I didn't really get to the movies as much as I wanted to. Um, That's become much more of, like, how I spend my time now because now that I have time and now that I control what I can do with my time. Um, but I do remember I, I watched it like three years ago. It's so like the, that year after. Um, and I just kind of watched it by myself when it was on, when it came out on Netflix and, and had heard good things. And obviously it's Cate Blanchett and Rooney Mara. And it's this, you know, kind of, intriguing movie where you don't really know when from a trailer I think kind of similarly to Call Me By Your Name Mm. the way it's going to go and like what's going to happen based on the way they cut the trailers so so I just kind of you know scrolling Netflix and decided to watch it and was just, just so moved by it and so just it's just so captivating and it's a really it's yeah I just, I loved it. And that was the first time I watched it. And then I think I saw like half of it another time Mm. with a friend. And then the next time I saw it was rewatching it for this. So it's been a minute and I like caught up, I caught some things I think I didn't see the first time. Um, But yeah, it's just such a good movie. I remember
0: seeing this, uh, same as you on Netflix, just based on like recommendations Right, and um, everyone's saying this was one of the best. I I was vaguely starting to get into, into film in twenty fifteen, and I and I remember um, like vaguely paying attention to the Oscar race in twenty fifteen, and uh, recalling Carol in, in regards to Mara and Blanchett. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just never sought it out then, and and when I saw like maybe a year or two later. I was just yeah. I was like in a daze. Like, right. Wow. This is very very powerful. And I've and I've never known why I I was so struck by it. And I was so struck that I got really into Todd Haynes. Like I saw uh, Poison. I saw Safe. I'm Not There. Far From Heaven. All these things in like um, maybe a few months. And and yeah, he's just a guy that goes back and forth between period pieces, melodramas in music biopics, you know. So <laughs> so he's he's going through a diff a few different lanes uh, but yeah, this is absolutely his masterpiece and I've seen it like three or four times.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and I think I found the reason why. Clay, when when did you see this first? <laughs>
2: um
1: well, I of course, I think this might be the third movie we've covered that I saw for the first time with Jack. We, um, he's everyone's been talked about this film a lot. Uh, we skyped over, watched the movie, and I was blown away. Um, it's it's because I was blown away one with the character depth and the craft that went into it, the overall direction. I was it was just kind of, I don't know. I was just kind of. Bl- I just didn't for some reason it just I wasn't expecting that level of delicacy and grace and just overall captivation from a m- movie like that. I, I, I don't know why it really uh, got me to step back and really appreciate everything that went into it. Um, it's definitely like the best thing I've seen Rooney Mara and I haven't seen much of her work. Um, also proved to me Kate Blanchett's probably the greatest actress working today. Yeah, amazing. yeah I was I, I was blown away and um, I'm really glad I saw it because for some reason it just took me a very long time to actually watch it because I'm not too fond of the movies that are the temporary uh, contemporary movies and television that take place in the 50s. For some reason that that time period doesn't really interest me. I'm not that big a fan of Mad Men. Even I'm in the sixth, um forget, but it's just for some reason I don't find myself going back to that kind of time. It, it's it's very. It's just everyone's smoking all the time. I don't know. That's all I think about. Everyone it's, in nice suits wears some hats and just it, like smoke.
3: And I just, kind of I, like I'm kind it, of like, I'm fine. It feels kind of like a stagnant decade almost where it's like, yes, post that's World perfect, War II, yeah. And then. Pre sixties, and mm. it's just kind of like everyone's like, okay, what do we do now? Everything's very idealistic.
2: Out, like, yeah. What's
3: yeah? What's the culture gonna be like? It, it it definitely feels like almost like a filler, but it has its very, it has its own very unique kind of culture. Like I said, and well,
0: that's one of the yeah. reasons why Haynes is so good at tapping into this de- to this era. He can see beneath the cracks that. That doesn't make this stylish um, decade so perfect, you know. It's it's like yeah. far from heaven. You have uh, this this man trying to hold hold together his sexuality and while keeping his marriage with Julianne Moore and Dennis. Who was? Um, and, yeah, I forget who that was, but and, Dennis, and Dennis Quaid. Yeah, Dennis Quaid. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then here, obviously, it's it's this forbidden love story. Um, that is far from that is taboo, and and see, and you have to play it like Rooney Mara describes this love story as like criminal. Like you have to be aware of your surroundings and be precautious. Like you're you're gonna pull off some elaborate heist with another person. And um, I think it's funny that you bring up Mad Men because that's one of my favorite. TV shows and and um, because Todd Haynes and um, another brain fart I can't call the creator of Mad Men, <laughs> but they have <laughs> such similar sensibilities that um, uh, that they just their garnishes and and the way their dialogue flows it just it's like catnip you know um, yeah. so. I think that's one reason I keep returning to this. Um, Matthew Weiner? Matthew Weiner. Is that the guy? This. Weiner, sorry. Oh, no. Oh, no. That I should be apologizing. But, yeah.
1: Oh, boy. I'll, I'll, I'll oh, next time just assume it's Weiner. I, I think that's probably the <laughs> safest bet. Did any of you guys watch Wonderstruck? I never saw it, no, and I, I don't
0: think it exists. Strangely, don't have any urge to. <laughs>
1: It's Um, weird how uh, a Todd Haynes movie came out in 2017, and we all, like, everyone was, like, mind-wiped. No one remembers anything
0: about that movie. Yeah, Yeah. Weird. Yeah, it's really weird. Isn't it, like, a silent movie, I think? You try to do something. He, like, does some experimental things sometimes.
3: I think, like, part of it, I haven't seen it, but I think... It's like set in two different time period, like fifth like fifty or sixty years apart. And I think the past is set in like black and white.
1: Right. Now that sounds like (laughs) a lot of work.
3: Which is like yeah, it's it's so it's very much like contrasting styles for sure. He Todd Haynes is so interesting. He really just like does the most sometimes.
0: (laughs) Have either of you seen I'm not there? I have. Yeah, that's that's a wild, wild
3: movie. Yeah, I mean Kate Blanchett again, like just,
0: yeah. Incredible. I mean, Maybe has, my like, favorite Christian Bob Dale. Yeah. Heath Ledger.
3: Yeah. Oh my god, I forgot Heath Ledger was in that. Yeah.
0: Ben Wishaw, Paddington.
3: Oh, ben Wishaw, Paddington. <laughs> oh, shout out Paddington.
0: Um, yeah. Did you but,
1: guys see the new Bond trailer? I did. When he showed up, I'm like, oh my god, it's Ben Wishaw. <laughs> Where have you what
0: been? If it's Paddington. He's just a oh, character. Paddington's Q? Paddington's Q, yeah. <laughs> they should redo everything in time for the release.
2: Oh
3: my god. Teach
0: you how to do the Bear there
3: That's like two of the most iconic British things of all time, though <laughs> Paddington and James Bond. So that would be an ambitious crossover. Yeah.
1: James Bond wearing a Paddington hat? I, I would be there ah, to see it.
3: That would be that amazing. Would,
1: that would be great. <laughs> Um, one thing you t- mentioned about Mad Men, I know I'm like the only person on the planet who just couldn't get into Mad Men. Um, I've never I
2: watched just, Mad Men, so
1: yeah. See, I watched like part of the first season. And I'm like, this is good acting, but like, I don't know. It's, I it, and this this is gonna be kind of a stupid opinion, but like, it just didn't feel like anything was happening. I just didn't get the conflict mm-hmm. of just besides like a whole bunch of dudes in a ad agency you know fighting over each other and having a maybe someone who has a kind of like a messed up marriage and so that's and also with the time it takes place i it was it felt uninteresting and um distanced for me and i know a lot of people love it and i can expect uh, respect its craft but with carol the story and the conflict at the heart of it is so much more interesting to me and it really grabbed me i think it's 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 telling a story that really connects to me because of what's going on now and how it, and the conversations of one how we treat people in the LGBTQ plus community but also it's love it's pure love and and everyone can connect to that and it's and it, it doesn't use the 50s as it's like it doesn't overuse it meaning like it uses it for the context of how they how people view Related, um, but it's not the aesthetic. Is not thrown in your face like a lot of period pieces do. We have the styles and everything. I mean, you still see it, and it's still great, but it doesn't feel distracting where it can. And definitely, other period pieces in lesser hands, it would be it would overshadow a lot of the great character moments. Um, and, and so that's probably why I connected so much with this movie uh, compared to other. Movies that take place during this time.
0: Yeah, Sandy Powell's costume designs are just like magnificent. Oh, I amazing! Like, um, they'll just—I mean, maybe, maybe it's just—it's uh, just good, good wishing. But I think her costumes could be like in a museum of the Academy.
3: Oh, uh, just, definitely. Yeah,
0: with like iconic designs, um, with like a uh, uh, Carol with the hat at the beginning and. <laughs> And, and the, the greens that that uh, Therese wears. It's, yeah. It's like it's the green well
3: yeah. it's like greens and yellows, like it's like an olive green, yeah. which is like threaded throughout. Mm. And it's just so like there's they're such muted colors in yeah. a way, but because of the way it's shot and like yeah. it they pop so much.
0: Yeah. The ed the, the really and cinematography yeah. really works with that, yeah.
3: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And then the red lips Yeah. Definitely. <laughs>
1: Speak like do we do we think we're ever gonna dress that well as a people as a society again? <laughs> like everyone was just like when you walked walked in public, you were just incredibly well dressed.
0: Right, that's yeah. what I love about old movies. Sometimes, like every guy's in a suit. Yeah. I can't imagine you know, very classy.
1: Yeah. I just we should be just why not everyone wear fedoras again? I feel like right, I feel like fedora. society would be better if we just all wear s- fedoras. <laughs> I, I don't see that everything like is.
0: Chandler. Honestly, yeah. This is the second Kyle Chandler movie in a row. We just talked to Wolf of Wall Street last week.
3: Oh my God. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And he's, he's, oh, I feel like this is kind of a departure for him in a way, this
2: movie. Just
3: because, like, not that he's like, I mean, you you hate him in this movie and he's doing awful things. But at the same time, like, you see his struggle, you see that he's like, you know, I mean, he seems selfish, but it's painful, I mm. guess. But he is kind of a bad guy in this, and yeah. like he's always this like hero, like Friday Night Lights, and yeah. even in Wolf of Wall Street, what he's the, he's kind
0: of the hero, yeah,
3: yeah. And like, um, I mean, DeCampere like, they're certainly
0: not the 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 hero.
3: No, definitely not. It's the anti-hero. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it, like you know, even when he was on, I think Grey's Anatomy, he's like this mm, like heroic like yeah. EMT or something. Yeah. Like you just can't help it. So this is definitely a little bit against type yeah. for him.
1: I really want to talk about Kyle Chandler. One, yeah. I love him. I think he's great. Chandler's great. Two, he might be the most unrecognizable movie star we've ever had. Mm. Meaning that if I shown his picture to anyone on the street, I don't think anyone could give me a name. You'd be like, oh, and Friday
3: Night Lights yet, guy. I. Th- it would definitely be Friday Night Lights to be the first yeah. thing they'd say.
1: Well they'll tell they'll say the thing he's they'll say all the things he's been in, but they could not tell me his name. They could never that actually give me his name. And I he starred know. in Godzilla this year.
2: That's true. He, he was
3: Godzilla.
1: the main character.
3: Godzilla, which I watched without sound on a plane.
1: Oh, that's that's the worst way to watch that movie.
3: Yeah, I know. I need to watch it again on a bigger screen. That's how I watched it's the
1: Irishman. That's
0: weird.
3: <laughs> I saw somebody that I follow on Twitter tweet and I don't think they were being sarcastic that they actually watched the Irishman on their phone on an airplane. I
2: was like,
1: what? <laughs> I don't know. If, if only Scorsese was on Twitter. I was like, is gonna only...
3: kill you. Yeah, that's how that's how like someone You August and Dunkirk. Marvel, you're on Scorsese's yeah. list.
1: <laughs> He's gonna. He, you know he paints houses.
3: <laughs> I did hear that actually.
1: um but yeah no it's it's interesting kyle chandler he's also one of like the more now he's great but i don't know if he has range i mean he has like he can do range in emotion and like maybe and he can be a good guy and a bad guy but he always does feel like kind of like the man like a guy yes he always feels like i want i want to see him more play play. i want him to be more vulnerable in some things but i I still think he's a good
0: actor i think he kind of lost
3: I okay, honestly I, think, yes. I think this might be his best, one of his best performances.
2: I like, agree. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah.
3: Cause like, I mean, I'm thinking like, he, I mean, he was in First Man last year, man, which I, yeah. which like justice for that movie, but, and like, think of like Manchester by the Sea, like, but oh, that's not really, really like a big man. role for him. Like he's, but yeah, I think this is definitely mm. one of his best
1: it's we like all that. love Kyle. This goes to the point. We all love Kyle Chandler. I love him in Manchester by the Sea. I totally forgot he was in that movie until you mentioned it. Oh,
3: you know what he's did? But that's really the thing. It's in? like I do forget he's in things. He's Absolutely. He's really
0: good in Game Night.
3: Game Night? I was just yeah. going <laughs> to mention Game Fucking Night. He's great yeah. in
0: Game Night. Now, See, I like
1: that because everyone is
3: good in Game Night. Yeah, yeah. true. Everyone in that of the movie, movie is too. like having the time yeah. of their life. And the Independent just Spirit seven. Award goes to. I mean, come on.
1: Chelsea Peretti was in that movie, right? She or am I would. making that up?
3: Yes, She right. was. It was kind of like a small role, but she was... Oh, in yeah, it was a cameo. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, like, I, I love him. I think that might be, honestly, that might be his second best performance game night. Yeah. Like, he's so... He also he plays such a jerk. And that's the thing. Kyle uses the like, misunderstood, lovable, or just straight out asshole. But, like... This guy was just kind of like oh, you. You have your heart somewhere, like in the right place, I guess. Yeah. You're just a dick. I
0: think I think it works so well because he plays so many, like straight laced, like do the right thing kind of guys in in so many supporting roles that he gets to like play that, but so it's like so seriously yeah. to like absurd levels in game. God, Night. God, I want to watch
3: Game Night again. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I love that uh, movie so much.
0: Jesse Plemons. Ah.
3: Uh-uh. And I mean, like Rachel McAdams. McAdams, yeah. Ugh. And I mean, Jason Bateman. I but love just Bateman. Jason Bateman. Yeah, he's yeah. just a great, great cast.
0: I, yeah, that's like one of the better studio comedies of the decade too. Oh, absolutely.
3: That was like a. It was kind of a surprise too. Genuinely, I feel like yeah. I feel like everyone thought it wasn't going to be good, and then all of a sudden it was like Game Night is amazing. Like, is everyone have your comedies
0: that I can show to anyone. Yep. And not be like, okay, this is a little degrading and and like kind of stupid. Like it's, yeah, it it's very, it's just very well
2: done.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um. Yeah. I. 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 Kyle Chandler, man. I just for some reason he, he's like life's greatest mystery. I just I he need to know enigma, like who think, he is. Yeah.
3: I feel like I wouldn't know what his actual personality would be like as like of Kyle Chandler. Not. He's just. There's
1: yeah, no he's... paparazzi photos of Kyle <laughs> Chandler.
3: It's like hey, true. Wigan in that way but i also feel like i've never seen an interview
1: yeah true there's no yeah. buzzfeed true. article about kyle chandler like no, this guy you. is no no yeah he, the man's been in everything
3: he it's like truly and i mean he he Super won an 8, Emmy for Argo, Lights, didn't he or
2: argo
1: yeah zero dark 30 spectacular now yeah, he must have won a few emmys right or he won one okay i
3: think he won one yeah
1: also was in bloodline you know everyone's favorite show blood bloodline
3: oh, the netflix show right exactly yeah i feel like That's people so who watched that, that were obsessed with it and everybody else had never heard of it
0: doesn't <laughs> ben mendelsohn play like an actual piece of trash in that like he just
1: yes <laughs>
3: yeah, right? ben That's mendelsohn's I in it I think oh so. yeah Maybe exactly. i do have yeah. to
2: watch it <laughs>
1: If for some reason, Bloodline and Ozark are, like, the same... Right. Uh, it would be hard to tell me that those are two different shows.
3: Yeah, I mean, true. I mean, Kyle Chandler and Jason Bateman do look alike. They play brothers in Game they Night. Do? Yes. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, going back to Carol. I do yeah, think this Carol. is his most vulnerable... <laughs> it's been a minute since I saw Manchester, so that could take this position. Well, he dies um, before he
1: gets vulnerable.
0: Yeah, no, but I think it's his most vulnerable work because he... <laughs> he feels helpless, um, that maybe he's, he's regretful of this, uh, decision to divorce Carol. And, and he feels like he's losing his image in a time where an image is everything. Yeah. So it's like, if I don't have a wife beside me at every event and every place or that I go to, every person I meet, I am, I feel like less than a person. Yeah. Um, He's clearly well off, just just based on on what their house looks like. That produ- the production design of the house
3: is beautiful. Oh my gosh, it's a gorgeous and house.
0: I, so in that regard, I, I think he he, and uh, especially in the scene when he visits Sarah Paulson, when he's oh my when he's just like, in such, a, a desperation to find his he's, wife. Yeah, and, I think and he's, he's just it's desperate. Paul- yeah. Oh yeah, sorry.
3: No, I it's I, I do think I was just I like, totally agree. I think desperate is the best word to describe him in this because he, like you said, he doesn't want to divorce her because he loves her, but he has to, and he it, especially because like she doesn't want to be married to him anymore. Yeah. So it, it's it's like that desperation that pushes him to you know his worst inclinations, yeah. which is to you know do these horrible things to her yeah. and take Wendy away. It's
0: like Rindy, the most insane name ever. <laughs> right, I <they> couldn't <laughs> like come up with something better.
3: Yeah. Like Rindy and yeah. Harge.
0: <laughs> I do I do think we should bring Harge back as well as Fedoras.
2: <laughs>
1: when you were saying he's well off, I'm like, of course he's well off. His name's Harge. There's no poor <laughs> Harge. Right. Every yeah. every guy who's har- named Harge at least has a million he has collateral. Some
0: money, yeah.
3: <laughs> what do we think it's short for, Harold?
1: Is it just That's Hardy? a good question. Is it Harold
0: short for Hardy? Question. Wouldn't Hardy be a shortened Harold? Well,
1: oh, you can do for... it with a lot of different names. You can have, like, Bill, Will for William, you know what I mean? So it could. But yeah, Harge. Good old Harge. For, I, I, like, Harge it's Harold. so close to Harve. I'm like, you could call him Harvey. That would work too. That's Harge. close enough, but Harge.
3: It says, I, just... I Googled it. And it oh. says, Harj
1: is short for Harjus. What the fuck? Harjus? <laughs> Harjus.
3: <Hargis. laughs> Apparently, I think it's... I googled it, and I think something from Carol came up. Because mm. it says, Harj is short for Harjus. It's briefly glimpsed on a letterhead in one shot, but figuring out Rindy has been torturing me.
1: Hmm. <laughs> that that name is just asking for your wife to leave you. I, 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 I don't... <laughs> If, if someone was named, like, Hargis at school, that kid would be getting so many wedgies, it wouldn't be funny.
0: Yeah. How did they get to the <laughs> wedding and she didn't snicker when the priest read out Hargis?
3: Especially because Carol's such an elegant name.
0: Yes. And Carol is such an elegant character.
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe that's that's the point.
0: Blanchett is yeah. so, like, goddess-like. <laughs>
3: It just in this seems role so effortless she was born her.
0: to play this role yeah
3: yeah absolutely yeah. it's so effortless and how like... can you not
0: fall in love with her as soon as her and therese um make eye contact yeah. in the macy's yeah
3: oh my gosh it's it's yeah, a definition it's just... of
0: love at first sight yeah
3: absolutely yeah and it's it, at first it just seems like a very kind of when you first start watching it it's just very Like I said, it's an effortless performance, Mm, but you start to see those cracks under the surface and you start to see like how in depth she's going into this performance of like this woman who is tortured Mm. because she's, she can't live the life that she wants and she can't Mm. be the person that she wants to be and or be with the person she wants to be with. And it's like, it's, it's just such an incredible performance and I mean, Rooney Mar is amazing too, yes, but I mean, yes. it's like the spotlight is certainly on Cate Blanchett here.
0: It's a very, it's very much a showcase. Mhm. She goes through a lot and I am. Have... You... Go ahead. Yeah. Um, you can even make the things that I picked up through multiple revisits are um, when they first have their me cute. She puts the glove on, obviously she retrieves the glove later. Which she puts the glove on the uh, the desk, you can kinda see a timeline a time what am I talking about? Like a a scenario where she was she left it there purposely. Right just to just be like, Oh, I forgot my glove and right. and you don't yeah. know what went through Carol's mind to be like, Oh, okay, so that one I'm gonna I'm gonna try to play with, play around I don't know. Um, <laughs>
3: Yeah, but I mean, it was just such—it's such a short, brief meeting in this yeah. toy section of the department mm-hmm. store. Um, but yeah, there's no real indication later on that it was on purpose
2: necessarily,
3: yeah. because you know she gets the call from the department, or she calls the department store to thank her. Yeah, and it all does feel very authentic. But I mean, knowing the way Carol is later on, she's very intentional in the mm-hmm. things that she does. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, I. I can see that absolutely being um, intentional. The accessories in this movie are just... I mean, like, Rooney Mara's little hat, like, not just the Santa hat, like, the hat she wears the next time she sees her. It's just, like, so... Oh, my gosh. Her
0: coat, too.
3: Yeah. It's just amazing.
1: I have this category of movies in my head that I... It's hard for me to explain. They're, like, these dreamlike movies that I use when I watch a movie that I can't describe it in any other way, I've come up with the name of, they're called like, I think the categories are beauty and grace, meaning films that permeate or just like exude gracefulness and beauty. So movies like the last black man in San Francisco, moonlight, Beale street, um, Brooklyn, uh, call me by your name. uh, Other kind of like these dreamy brisk, like not briskful, but like these, it's just pure grace. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It just kind of it flows, and it um it it's like you're in a daze in a sense. And I think this movie really captures that idea with like the cinematography and just I don't know. It's just so beautiful. It, it, that's one of the big words that I come away with when I watch a movie like this. It's it, it it's so heartwarming and and uh, emotional, and it's so raw in a sense but also beautiful to watch it's it, that's like the effect that i think these kind of movies have and carol's definitely like that kind of thing and that and so when you bring up cate blanchette so beautiful or you know it has this who doesn't who wouldn't love um carol when they see first set eyes on her it's that kind of idea of how romantic and beautiful it all is
3: I think, I mean, I do, I agree a hundred percent. And I do think it's and with a lot of those movies are actually that you mentioned are like period pieces or at least set, like not, you know, in the present day. Um, but it's, I think it's all in that case, the ambiance, the the color schemes, all that stuff that comes back to, I think, cinematography. Mm. And I was th- just thinking again about dark waters because um, Edward Lockman, who did cinematography for Carol, also did the cinematography on dark waters. And I remember talking with my friends afterwards and, and you know, when we were discussing it, just how, like, in dark waters, they're showing these like the West Virginia, like, you know, middle America kind of like very bleak mm-hmm. kind of, you know, natural landscapes and things. But at the same time, even though it's all gray and, and you know, green and, and browns and things like that. It's still so beautiful, mm. somehow.
2: Yeah.
3: And and even and even in Carol, like we were talking about the colors, the yellows, the greens, the reds, and everything, but they pop against this mm. co- almost like the the filter that this movie has on it takes you out of like the real world in the sense, in a sense, because it brings you and it brings you to a different time and to a different place. And I think that's true of a lot of those movies that you mentioned because. It it just like these these colors, these filters, these you know it's it's dreamlike, the yeah. same way you said and it and it's just it's like beautiful.
0: If we're staying on Ed Lockman <clears throat> for a minute, I wanna bring up Virgin Suicides.
3: Oh, he yeah. did virgin suicides? He did
0: virgin suicides and Wow Sophia Coppola's movies maybe maybe Lost in the Translation and Marie Antoinette in particular with virgin suicides, they they all seem to be pretty dreamlike and, and um, hazy. um mm-hmm. lot hazy to that synonym list. That's, um, a, good, that's a good word, though. is yeah, a, okay. a great points. word. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he has this great way of communicating um, uh, a pretty heightened emotion where you can't really put your finger on it, but at the same time it makes total sense to our psyche. Uh, I, I think um, Lux Lisbon, uh, the character that Kirsten Dunst plays, kind of, is kind of like um, he. It's shown like uh, Rooney Mara's Therese Belivet, where she's where they don't really know who they are, and um, they're re- they're having someone else like take them through life, and and they just they haven't really had independence yet, and it's. It's all it's all really well done by Ed Lachman, yeah. Yeah.
2: I
1: think you brought up a good point with like the color palette because with Brooklyn, the the one of the Beauty and Grace films I listed, it does have it's very warm looking. It, it's very inviting. It's very cozy, mm-hmm. another verb we can use or adjective. Um, it's just it feels very in, um, inviting, as in so, like you feel at home. You feel comfortable, even though there is conflict happening. You're just you just feel so. Peaceful, in a sense. Yeah, Um, that's really Just watching this art. I think that's how I would describe it.
3: Yeah.
0: I do think this is also one of Rudy Maher's best performances as well. Um, Just, like, someone that's finally rejecting what the standards should be. um, And that you don't have to... You don't have to live up to standards to be truly joyful by yourself. You don't have to tell you don't have to abide by other people's expectations. And um, since there's no like nagging maternal parent or maternal figure that says like, listen, you can't just run away with someone else and feel fine with it. New York City's your home. It always has been. It always will be. (laughs) You could totally see.
2: That's a good
3: point. Ellen
0: Bernstein could have played this easily
3: um i don't know <laughs> there's like her um, landlady who yells right. at her about the phone ringing but like yeah, that's yeah, really yeah.
0: it um but since you don't have that i think the uh decision to go off of carol becomes a lot more naturally progressive yeah yeah, definitely. yeah
1: that the nagging maternal figure is never really fun that's never like you, it, it, when that comes up in movies you're not like you it's it, i don't know if it adds too much i mean it adds conflict but it always kind of distracts from what you want to see what you you know what you feel like is the next step in the story Mm. um but yeah i think it's those smart choices haynes uses he knows what film this movie's so focused i guess that's another thing i would say it's and there's not an inch of fat on it but there's also not there's no ideas or things he does not he does not bring up that he doesn't address Mm -hmm. yeah it feels like it's streamlined you, you get completely where the movie is going instead of maybe getting lost in the weeds. You it's solely focused on uh, the character of Carol and the um, oh my god brain fart uh, Rooney sure. Mara's character,
0: That's Therese Spilvet,
2: yeah, um, and how
1: their how their characters inf, um, influence their own relationship. Yeah, so Absolutely. when you get backstory about Therese, you still but you still understand. Um, you understand more about her choices with having a relationship with Carol so it all kind of affects one another
3: absolutely I think um, I, I think you're so right when you talk about how he there's no fat on this there's there's none of that unnecessary those unnecessary tropes that mm-hmm. that a lot of filmmakers tend to like you know oh this is important right now in society and culture and and this is a, a you know, a point that i want to i want to throw something in a in my movie about this and then never address it again and then it's just kind of there and and doesn't really have a meaning or or something like that and i think you know you're talking about like the nagging maternal figure which i think works in brooklyn i think that's yes very, it feels very authentic in brooklyn and my, my mom and dad are both from ireland actually and when i watched it with my mom she was like oh like i feel like You know, I had that experience a little bit, you know, my mom, um, who meant well, but just couldn't help. You can't help yourself in that situation. But it kind of Mm -hmm. gets rid of that stereotype. There's no need for it here. There's no, you know, this journey that Therese goes on in terms of like, you know, discovering her power, discovering her strength through this relationship is so authentic and i also really like what i love about the performance as well is that in a lot of these movies and performances where it's like you know this female self-discovery and things like that, that you know when they come out on the other side as this new person they're like completely changed and you almost don't even recognize them i honestly can't really think of a performance off the top of my head but Rooney Mara is still so understated at the end, in such, but she's she's so, you know, still the same, but different in Mm. such, you know, minute ways, and it's just such a, it's a really delicate, really, you know, you can tell she really dug really deep into the performance.
0: I think this is very imperative that it's not ending in tragedy; it's ending in ambiguity. You can totally see a different timeline where Haynes writes the script and he's like, I'm gonna end this with, like, Blanchett committing suicide because Chandler, f- or Harge, sorry, f- found out about um, the relationship between her and Therese. So, and, it, and it's not like, yeah, it's, it's nothing like that. They just, they're just changed to their core, they're never gonna forget this experience. And um yeah, both of them found out different things about each other and themselves. Um this is also um based off the Patricia I Smith novel, which I, yeah. I, it feels like we should mention that. Um yeah, prime it's the price of salt, writer of I think the it's Yeah the Yeah, what's it called again? It's, it has a the price name. of salt. Price of salt, yeah. Yeah. Um also wrote The Talented Mr Ripley. An yep. all timer for me. And I believe this is her only non crime
3: novel. Yeah, I think yeah. she did she did Strangers on a train, I think, which was a Hitchcock right, movie. Yes. Right around the same she wrote them right around the same time. I was actually just when I was re watching it, I was looking at this and I was like, Wow, okay, mm-hmm. so like I haven't read The Price of Salt. Yeah. But I assume that, you know, Haynes didn't completely go in a different direction <laughs> right. from the kind of basic storyline so to go from strangers on a train to that is like yeah. that's, that's range, <laughs> and you
0: can tell this is. I think this is more personal for her,
3: definitely. Because
0: there has to be a reason why this is such a stark deviation. Um, yeah, and she had to write it under a pseudonym. Of course, yes, right, uh, yeah,
3: of course. Um,
1: and the screenplay was written by uh, Phyllis Nagy, a female writer uh, who has not done much, but. Um, just thought it was of note.
0: Mm. Did I mention yeah. Haynes did the script earlier? No, <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: Oh no! Oh, no,
2: what no. Have you done?
1: no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Um, but I, I actually. Well, another reason why I bring that up is because. It, it it on paper, I don't know if I would love if, uh, a guy directing this. I don't know. It just feels like such a personal really like raw story that is being shared with the world and I don't know if I would want a man directing that, honestly, but knowing that had one, it's based on a book from a female writer and also um a, a female writer uh wrote the screenplay. I think it one, I think that really shows in this movie because it's it they're not no one's objectified. No one is it doesn't feel disconnected. It feels true. And that's the thing when people talk about who should be directing what, what stories to be tell. Uh, what stories to be told if it's not just because of representation it's also because of the quality of story and if it doesn't feel true i think that quality goes down and that's why this movie i think having you know having that female perspective that's why it feels true and personal and that makes you as an audience member want to connect to it more
0: i think the tone of melodrama is really important to consider
1: exactly i um, agree
0: todd haynes like i mentioned before he's is it his my favorite? I'll have to think about that. But Far From Heaven <laughs> came out in the beginning of the century. Um, and that kinda showed the world... I think that that was like his fault to Velvet Goldmine, which is kinda wild. Um, but yeah, that kinda showed the world that he was very influenced by the works of like Douglas Cirque and the real like melodrama filmmakers of the of the fifties. And so since he's taking inspiration from that period and now applying it to the Patricia Highsmith novel. I think that, well, I didn't see it at the time, but I can imagine that that gave more confidence than if it were someone else directing it. And that, yeah, I
3: don't, I don't remember there being, I mean, like I said, I
0: was This was also a... a pre-Me Too era.
3: True. So very true. could
0: also have a difference.
3: True, but I, yeah, like, I agree I don't know if I remember there being a backlash about the fact that it was male director Yeah. but I 100% agree with what you were saying that I really think that this escapes that like male gaze yeah. on especially like there's that sex scene in this movie that right. that is like so tasteful and you're looking you just, at Greek
0: oil painting
3: exactly yeah. and it's wow
0: like, that's that's
1: a good way to describe it
3: that's yeah I remember people talking about uh, Booksmart this year, mm. and this uh, like almost sex scene that's in that. Did you review and it? And obviously, anyway? sorry. Did you review it? I did it for our favorite like oh, movies yeah. of the year. Yeah, that's right. I did a little blurb on it, yeah, which I, I loved. Booksmart. I really. Did. But I did but the bird. fact that it yeah. was Olivia Wilde directing it, you know, people were talking about how like, oh, isn't it so nice to see like when it's not woman being objectified in that sense. Oh, sure. So yeah. but I definitely yeah, yeah. agree Great that example. Todd Haynes yeah. is a very, you know, skilled director and he's almost able to be objective in that sense, mm-hmm. you know, and then just really, yeah, absolutely agree.
0: I can recall, um, past and future guest, Gabby Iori talking about portrait of a lady on fire <gasps> a few weeks ago. Have you seen that?
3: I haven't. I'm, I think I'm okay. seeing it next week.
0: Oh, God
3: yeah.
0: I yeah, really she I remember heard. I remember she was like like taken aback by well the story in that sense it's a female director coming from this place and tell and she's the one telling the story then it's coming from a less like subjective point of view. So
2: totally. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh I'm dying to see it. I do remember when Luca Guadagnino made Suspiria, that that was a topic that was floating around. Like, if this is so such a female-dominated cast and story, yeah. why is Guadagnino the one to make this? Why is he the one that deserves yeah. rights to? Um, yeah, totally. Why is he the one that understands? Um, yeah, the the bond that females have together. But that's, I think that Suspiria and Carol are very different. um, Definitely different. Um, Todd Haynes' Suspiria would be wild.
3: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I loved what you were saying, Clay, about how in that sense, it's not about just about representation, which it is about representation when we have these discussions, but it's also about like that kind of being able to experience like exactly what you were saying. I thought that was, a great
1: point yeah no it's that's where the better stories come from i'm like Mm -hmm. if we we don't get a moonlight without barry jenkins we don't get like even this year we don't get a last black man in san francisco without joe talbot and who is white but grew up with jimmy falls who stars in that movie and they and that story comes from a personal place of growing up in san francisco like it, it doesn't necessarily mean like you have to be you're, the main character has to reflect your own personal gender or race. It just, it has to be true. Absolutely. And I think we're recognizing that now. It's not even about, I mean, it is about representation. It's always about representation because that's always should be a part of the conversation. But, it, but if honestly, if, the reason why I don't think Todd Haynes got backlash is because when you watch the movie, you can see it stayed true to this actual story and it came from a, a personal place. Even if it's not him, even if it's not an uh, experience he had, you can tell that he handled it with care. And that's what we all want to see. So there's this you know,
2: constant narrative
1: that we just want the same looking people to direct, the, uh, direct people who look or um, have the same ideologies. That's not true. We want to see stories that feel true to what they
0: are. Absolutely. Did, you, did either of you ever see Blue as the Warmest Color?
3: I haven't. Okay, it's on my letterbox uh, watch list, of course, um, <laughs> along with hundreds of other
0: yeah, movies. Yeah, um, I, I think that is the worst possible scenario of how to, of how to make a story like this, because maybe it's a common complaint, but yeah, the sex scenes in *Blueswarmers Color* are very, very much like the opposite of what Carol is going for. Just. Really glorified and and unnatural, and it, it feels almost dis disassociated with anything else that happened in them in the story. So, like, yes, like I, I I forgot the director. He's French and hard to pronounce. But yeah,
1: I looked up his name. I'm not yeah, going to even yeah. try.
0: He's the one who made the butts movie. This this cans. I don't know. Um, so, um, what was I? Yeah, so like I, I think I got what he's going for. Like they're in love; they they're crazy about each other. It's their like first love, I think, and or at least it's like the the what the high schoolers' first love. So, like I got it, but it was it. It's more of an experiment than it was yeah. uh, a success. Yeah, and not and Haynes is also me. an experimental guy, but at least when his his stuff doesn't always work like Wonderstruck, like maybe even Dark Waters. <laughs> um, it's it's not as like irrefutable as Blue's Longest Color.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, what am I to say? You want the Palm d'Or? You know. <laughs>
3: hey, everyone's allowed to have their opinion. So,
1: and it's not like the Palm d'Or is 100% successful in every single true. choice they make. True.
3: That's 100% they true. They gave it to
0: the square. <laughs>
1: So w- one topic that I think is the most important thing we could ever talk about when talking about Carol is um Rooney Morrow's bangs.
0: <laughs>
1: this is the I most mean, important one. Honestly, this is number one, I believe so.
0: Yeah,
3: I mean they're iconic.
0: They're amazing. Of Uh, uh what was again? Fine. Uh, Peggy Olson in the first season of Mad Men. Ah. Uh, uh. um, Elizabeth, you Elizabeth Moss has these Moss. bangs and like Gertrude Stein hair hairdo going on and it's very early sixties, late fifties kind of hair piece, but it's 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 of a time capsule and it's it's so I hate to use the word dated but um I mean it's not what am I saying? It's not dated, but it's it just really captures that, that time so well and if and if anyone's going to capture a time, well, it's Todd Haynes. He's like on the level of like PTA who can yeah. make a period piece. Yeah. I agree with I
2: that.
1: Think, um, I think the two most iconic bangs in cinema history, and I, I am going to talk about this okay. uh, Nev Campbell in Scream. Amazing <laughs> yes. bangs.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Great, great fucking bangs. Great. And Bernie <laughs> Mara in Carol.
2: These are like, I
1: feel like. Oh my god. Like, come on. These are the two that should bring bangs back. I I mean I i am sorry, but what about I Shane stand bangly in
0: big little eyes. Oh, oh that,
1: shit. It's not a
3: film,
2: but
1: Yeah, no, it's a good point.
0: Eight hours of
3: Yeah, that was a, a oh. choice.
1: Yeah. <laughs> of course of course there could be nightmare situation with bangs. I'm not a moron, but when people when people get it right, man, it just works.
3: Oh, absolutely. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, all right, that's the end of the episode. We talked about bangs. I think we're, I think we're done. We talked about everything we want to talk about, right? Right, right. Yeah. Um, the
3: most important thing, bangs.
1: <laughs> I mean, that was the first thing that came to my mind because that's, I mean, great movie, of course, but man, those bangs. Um,
0: oh, we have what do we think those... of like the oh, yes. go ahead. We had thoughts at the same time. Go ahead. So I can see our light bulbs flashing.
2: Yeah, um,
0: we haven't mentioned Carter Burwell's score, which is oh. just transcendent. I mean, it's yeah, it's, I it's amazing. I think that's the only
3: thing we haven't discussed that was actually Oscar nominated.
0: <laughs> was that true?
3: It was. They, I think, cause I think Mara and Blanchett were nominated. Yeah. And uh, cinematography. Screenplay screenplay what did it win? costumes it didn't win anything which is a fucking travesty <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's
0: like, like such a so bad. to complain but
3: no i mean yeah what are we gonna do at this point <laughs> right, yeah
0: right right we have no control over
3: that why do you
1: like the it? oscar so much right, every right. time i hear about I think this about but like i so can't often. say
0: we love the pageantry what can i say yes I <laughs> But, um, but
1: the score is incredible. I think oh, that's I a, one of out. the more important parts of um, my beauty. I, I love how I'm claiming this is my category now, but right. of my beauty and grace category, <laughs> I think a score is hugely influential, whether it be oh, yeah. Nicholas Breitel oh. or. Um,
3: my God. Uh, I love him.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's the music really carries the sonnet of everything, the beauty of everything. It, it really playing, just I'm playing the
0: succession that. theme song in my head. Uh boy.
1: I'm, he was
3: my, he was on my uh, Spotify and the two thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was Nerds. like Succession! Oh <laughs> but also Beale Street yeah. because that yeah. Beale Street score Man, that Beale is pretty
2: quite gorgeous. gorgeous.
0: Just gorgeous.
1: I listen to the Moonlight track
0: um yeah. middle middle in the world. Yeah. Or middle oh. of
1: the world like
0: a lot. I have a Spotify playlist that shuffles in between those two. Like, every other song, it'll go Beale Street, Moonlight. Oh
3: That's God. amazing. That's some brooding you're doing.
1: <laughs> you should put some Vice in there, just for fun. <laughs> okay. You remember that Nicholas Bratel scored Vice? I do. One of the weird things in cinema history.
0: He also did That's score...
3: a very different score than those two that yeah. we were just discussing.
0: But let's get back to... Yeah, the Carol score, no, though, yeah. is very wanna... <laughs>
3: Um,
0: It's not like I don't want to talk about Bertel. I tell it's. I just don't want to talk about Vice.
3: But I think that who scored Carol? I was Carter Burwell. Carter Burwell, and who did three billboards? I think most recently. He did a
0: serious man? I know that he did Anomalisa.
1: He did the Twilight a Twilight
2: movie.
0: No way. If I can compare him to anyone else, he kind of reminds me of John Bryan. Just in the, in like how understated he is. Like you wouldn't you'd be able to tell like a kind of like Hans Zimmer. Or like
2: yeah.
0: James Newton Howard, just from the way that they compose music.
1: But, he's done all the
0: McDonough's. All the McDonough's? Okay.
1: Yes.
3: Um,
0: but yeah, like he he just is is he's not trying to overpower a scene, what is what I notice. He's just trying to lay lay down another layer. Or he unless it's something like the it. opening scene when the theme plays.
3: Yeah. Oh my god. And then yeah. he
0: really gets to like work it, you know. It's
3: hmm He like compliments it and then really yeah. hits you. Right. It really hits you like in those really powerful moments. Mm. It's it, yeah. it's.
1: He did a whole bunch of the Coens. He did um, pretty much all of their beginning stuff and he did um, his first score was actually Blood Simple funny enough but he also did uh, No Country for Old Men and that score fucking wow. rules.
0: Wait that doesn't the score I thought.
1: No Country for Old Men?
0: Oh okay that's Maybe it's so. Maybe it's so understated. I thought that's the thing. Yeah, to talk about an understated musician. (laughs) Okay.
1: Like I love his 2008 "Burn After Reading" in Bruges, and then Twilight.
0: Wow, that's
3: wild. That's (laughs) Twilight for. I I mean, like.
1: I wouldn't know, but the Twilight
3: soundtracks to all those movies, even if you didn't watch them or anything, like those soundtracks were really ahead of their time.
1: Really. I might have Dolson.
3: Some of it, some really, really good stuff on there. Some mm. really yeah, overlooked.
0: <laughs> Not just he did Jack's
1: movie, favorite but... film, Anomalisa. That's Jack's it's, favorite it's film of all of, time.
0: It's one of because the... I've never seen it. What was that?
1: Well, because you're, but like you're just an incredibly dark person. <laughs>
0: oh, I mean, I. I... believe he uh no John Bryan scored Snatch in New York. Never mind. Um but like
1: Anomalies is one of the most depressing movies I've ever seen. It is a very depressing film. It's like sitting in therapy with one puppet man. It's great.
3: Oh Oh
0: god
3: okay. (laughs) Excellent. So I'll I'll put that at the end of the list.
2: (laughs)
0: Please do. Please do. I I think that no truly I I think that uh, you'll save it for the end and and you'll feel like you won't save it for the beginning of, of the list like oh man that was that was quite a strong 90 minutes to start out with you know um there's no actually you know what? there's no good position to put it at
1: <laughs> honestly no because i was thinking about like what about if i watch it before i died and then it, that would be horrible but right. just you know, oh. the world would die right, so, you no
0: know, i can't that's the it's... only Kaufman we'll talk about this on this show
1: we will that's, not talk. So I'm not rewatching that movie ever. I will never watch oh, that movie. I, it's good, but I just like it. Kind of like made me want to like crawl in a hole and die. It just was so devastating. Um, but no, Carol. That, oh, actually, you were talking about no, 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 no. I swear this has a connection. You were talking about how if like it ended in this tragic moment of like Carol committing suicide or whatever, like it would how that would really kind of fuck the movie. I honestly think so because I feel like sometimes these movies get too attached to hmm how do I say this I think we need to move on from the martyr movie meaning that it like you die for because of society and you die because of like people not accepting you I I like I like the idea of we're now just because one I just don't know how much I mean it leaves you with a message but I like the idea of walking away, celebrating, or finding hope in these in places where it's so hard to Mm -hmm. find hope in. It's so Mm -hmm. hard to find a way out. And if this movie, like this movie, would become a martyr film if Carol dies, saying like this is what society does to us, and it does, and that's true. And I think those stories still need to be told. But I feel like this movie should really be a representation of the beauty love has and not the destruction it causes
0: at the same time we don't have many tragedies nowadays nowadays when i say oh in yeah. modern cinema wow, that's so stupid
2: uh, oh my
1: god I thought you're ta- 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 gonna tell a oh. joke and i was like that's a good joke
0: well um i one of the many things i loved about a star is born uh. is that it ends in tragedy and it ends in complete and utter devastation. And we, I mean, I just can't think of the last time that. When if... did what
1: did we just talk about? We just talked about your love for Anomalisa. <laughs> and you know, you're okay, like, well... you know, I love some tragedy in my movies.
0: Yes, I yeah. got
1: you know, I love feeling, I love walking away feeling like the world's <laughs> horrible. <laughs> oh,
3: oh. What is great about A Star Is Born? And thank like, you, Megan. Thank I'm going to be, very... <laughs> be very. I'm going to be very. Brief, because if we get into a Star Is Born, I could literally go on for the rest of my life.
0: This is a good time to turn but, into a Star Is Born say, quickly.
3: <laughs> but what's great is obviously a Star Is Born has been made before multiple times. Um, maybe you have or haven't seen it. Like anyone has or hasn't seen any of the previous ones. But I did know going in that Jack- Jackson or whoever he was in the past movies traditionally dies at the end. And I think it's, it would have been so easy and I don't think it would have gone over well, but I think it's so easy to almost talk yourself into like having him not die in this way that modern cinema is all about kind of that, like you said, like tying a bow around it, making it a nice happy ending in a lot of ways. There are, I think a lot of movies out there that still kind of devastate you like Mm. obviously Parasite this year just absolutely gut-wrenching but then something like Marriage Story which Mm. is devastating but also kind of ends on this message of hope as well Mm. of, of this you know kind of positive note so so we do we don't get I I do agree that we don't get kind of those gut punch movies anymore and that's what I loved about Parasite so much but but I did appreciate that Mr. Bradley Cooper did stick to the original ending in a star is born right. because I think it's so effective and it's so moving and yeah.
0: And see,
1: I, I actually disagree. I think like in the eighties, we had more movies that would end in a nice bow than we do now. I think the eighties were much more like happy ending filled than now. Like, I, I mean the seventies of course was all gut, gut punch endings, but eighties, I feel like we just become so cynical now. I guess that's the thing, you know. Like people that's always talk about after 9-11, movies got cynical, and and that is a thing to talk about. But I also just feel though like happy. I mean, happy endings do happen if you are just watching a lot of the blockbuster stuff. And I mean, even I, I know we don't we shouldn't talk about Marvel, but like Infinity War was one of the few oh, blockbusters here we go again. or like yeah. strike. But
0: I am just saying, like, if we're gonna talk about happy Every endings. Episode. I, you he think just, not just has to I mean
1: <laughs> <sighs>
0: uh, God.
2: Um.
1: yeah I, I think th- but, but to go back to like I think you know, to like, and I think the 90s is when it started to kind of be in the middle of are we just going to do happy endings are we going to do like what are we going to do here but I think the 80s definitely were this more pop culture filled you know we'll tie a bow on stuff, but now I do have a, I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't really know where I'm going with this, but I do feel that we need more carols instead of movies that kind of make you feel like necessary. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not trying to say the world is so dark. We need happy movies. I'm saying that when it talks about special special um adversities people go through whether it be for uh um, race um whether it be for uh, what gender you are what um ideology you have or um what
3: uh, sexual orientation who you fall
1: in love with yes thank you sex um yeah. and who you, but also like who you fall in love with um i think we need more stories about how to accept and move past that instead of it becoming just the how society destroys that and it does but i feel like we need to f- feel more see more of a idea of us moving past that and not showing i guess so queen and slim came out i haven't seen it i don't think anyone here has seen it but there's but there's a conversation and this is not really a spoiler but um i've there's been the conversation of Should stories that represent a certain group just be about that certain group and should it be and should it end in tragedy, so to speak? Um, And should it end on this note of how we how no matter what we do, we can't win? Um, And I think that that conversation is important because I feel like there needs to be a time where if we're going to have these groups represented, we need to we need to give them all the whole spectrum of story. I, I guess like that's give, my whole point at the end I'd of like
0: this. to give Daniel Kaluuya the whole spectrum of story. Well,
1: oh, okay. <laughs> that's, no, uh, no. All right, all right. Good job, good job. Right. Uh, that. Uh, honestly, I needed a way out, and that was the perfect way out.
3: No, I, I, I definitely see what you're saying, and I, I can totally see where you're coming from, and especially about like how, I agree, 80s movies were even more, you know, happy endings and sunshine and rainbows and things like that. What I love about the end of this movie, Carol, is that it is hopeful but at the same time it's kind of a reluctant hope in a way.
1: Yes, that's that's the perfect way to put it. I guess that's yeah. what I want more of. Is yeah, that...
3: I, 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 I think that's, yeah, I definitely agree that it's like, it's not this devastatingly like emotional ending. It is emotional and it is, you know, melancholy in a, a way. As simultaneously it's hopeful and that last shot of Carol just like slowly 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 starting to smile as like the score just like yeah. swells oh, it's it's, it's, it's such it's such a moment it's an amazing ending there's a lot of talk about endings in movies this year mm. that's an ending mm. like that I could talk about all day and it is it's like this reluctant hope it's like this okay you know not, nothing's gonna be perfect and and we still have so much against us right now but you know there's also so much to be thankful for like the love between them and things like that so I think it's kind of that balance of like okay life does stuff but we have each other in a way
2: I
1: think that's so much better put than what I did I think that's beautifully (laughs) That's so much more articulate than how I said because but I think but going off of that I think I want I don't really want more happy endings I want more inspiring endings Mm. I don't want like rainbow filled i just want like okay this is like there is there is work to be done but there is something out like there is something out there there is this goal that can be somewhat achieved and i think that's inspiration that i want more of instead of either it be all happy and not understanding the um consequences or the ramifications of um the story but also not having it end in pure tragedy where there's it's all bleak i want that middle ground like you keep saying so that's, yeah, definitely. I,
3: I think that's something that is apparent in Dark Waters as well. So I definitely think it's just like a kind of a a Todd Haynes thing. Um, the Dark Water story is like a true story, um, <laughs> and the it, like it's not a spoiler or anything to say that like the lawsuit against like this big oil company is still going on to this day and mm. it's not over. And when I saw it and You know, the director was there, and Mark Ruffalo, or Todd Haynes was there, and Mark Ruffalo was there, and the real guy, Rob Blatt, was there as well. And that's why, like, it was, it was like an, it's an inspiring ending, at the same time, it really bummed me out, because it's just, you know, it sucks that even though there are people fighting, that it just takes so long for justice. And sometimes you never get justice and things like situations like that. But it's also kind of like, okay, but like, what can I do to help? Like, how can I advocate for people who are less fortunate or who are struggling or or things like that? So, so that I do, I agree. I absolutely love that where it's like, it, it it is almost still kind of like a gut punch where it's like, oh, like this is reality, but also, okay. Like, how can I, what can I do about it? Kind of thing. Totally agree. Yeah.
2: Totally
1: agree.
0: I wonder if Carol's...
1: Um, I, oh, I, I... I was... Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead.
2: Please, insist.
0: <laughs> I wonder if Carol's biggest strengths is how non-traditional it is. Um, yeah. Because I don't know how accepting of melodrama we would be if it weren't done in, in such a, like, mo- it's... It's, like, old-fashioned, but also has modern taste Yeah. as well. Like, um, the 16 millimeter cinematography, I feel like, is kind oh. of modern, too. And Yeah. Um, just, like, Blanchett and Mara kind of, like, we know them as modern actors. Like, Sarah Paulson, I feel like is very... No, wait, that's a better example. Sarah Paulson is a very modern actor.
3: Definitely. But she
0: fits into this, so it's, like tipping toes in both worlds um so i think that plays into its strengths definitely
2: mm-hmm. yeah.
3: yeah they almost they, they all are modern like you said modern people that we know yeah. and we see sarah paulson on the tv all the time and like right. american horror story and american crime and all that stuff mm-hmm. but they have they, they they have these like old-fashioned looks almost that's why i think like casting is like really mm-hmm. really good where it's like they they're just they just have these kind of they have faces that mold well to that kind of style and things like that i do have to say that um the guy from the office (laughs) jake uh, jake lacy i think his name is he kind of i do have to say and this is like a little i guess a little bit of a ding at the Mm -hmm. movie but not i do i love it just in spite of this Mm -hmm. but he does take me out of it a bit when i think he's the worst performance i think so That's,
0: that's what i would say yeah
3: i think he's because even the i don't i don't know who this actor is or what even the character's name was but the danny
0: other, sorry danny yeah he's he's our, uh teresa's boyfriend at the beginning the,
3: the time the the times reporter guy who gets her photos in like like i think even he feel his performance feels a little bit more yeah. natural but yeah. but the yeah her her boyfriend who wants to just just wants to go on vacation with her
0: why don't we just go up to europe <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, um, he's it's just a little. Over what, you the mean top like a
0: boy a little... and a boy kissing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh
3: he's my a... god! I forgot about that.
1: The um, Times reporter guy is though, is great though actually because he he's he's in he's an oh, he's an overlord. Um, if anyone's seen that movie, it's the Nazi zombie movie, and he's oh. he's good in it. He plays like a stereotypical, uh, ally American Brooklyn soldier. Oh, um.
3: No, I agree. Um, I think he's good in this. he Blanchett
0: is also an overlord. Oh, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> she is
0: not. Perfect. She is it's a
1: zombie, me. actually.
0: You know what takes me out of the movie is Carrie Brownstein. I'm a huge Portlandia fan, oh, and when she God. shows up at the end, I'm always like, "Hold on, this isn't a sketch." It's, it's... <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, she's at um the party that uh right,
3: um, hard. Danny's
0: Glenavis. Danny's party. I think, oh yeah, yeah. That Therese goes to at the very end. Yeah, but
3: right. Yes.
0: But, yeah all-around great ensemble
3: it really is is the mara
0: and blanchett show but i think paulson and chandler are there to kind of weave it out and but
1: would you call that an ensemble i feel like an ensemble is like usually like a bigger (laughs) cast no i mean no i mean i I agree though i think it's a good like the four the four players are really good
2: players yeah
3: definitely definitely yeah i mean sarah paulson can just show up on you know a wednesday afternoon and just be amazing (laughs) no matter what you know but,
1: yeah. They're, they're... Every time I hear Sarah Paulson's name, I think of the Fight Club um, scene. Her, um, his name is Robert Paulson. His name is Robert Paulson. Oh, my like gosh. His name is Robert right. Paulson.
2: Yeah. That's so all I can think of. Paulson
0: could do Fight Club, but Brad Pitt couldn't do American Crime Story.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, Stop. No,
1: our he actually could not. <laughs> that. I mean, he could, but it would not go over well.
3: No. <laughs> definitely not i was looking um when i was watching and mr
0: simpson did you plant the glove <laughs> oh,
2: i was Never looking
3: did. at the the their filmographies um any mara and kate blanchett and what else they did that year mm-hmm. and kate blanchett was in cinderella the same year as carol right
1: interesting
2: which is, which is
3: a great performance another big yeah, kind of actually, yeah. costumey performance big yeah. colors and everything so i thought that that kind of who's the went lead along she was also in a uh, night of cups that year <laughs> later <laughs> oh,
1: wow that was a big that was a jack had a reaction to that one
2: yeah he's yeah. very night different I just
1: like... he just blew in his microphone <laughs> that's really funny
0: Not a, not a good movie no,
3: not at and all. Then, but then Rooney Mara oh. was in Carol and Pan.
1: I was, I just looked it up, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, Pan.
3: Remember <laughs> she Pan? played Tiger Lily. And Talk about something that I doesn't think, exist.
1: Oh yeah, I don't think she... Uh, Poor Hugh she won an Oscar for that, right? Right. Yeah, she, yeah, uh, yeah. She won yeah. A, oh, she, no. No, she, she was Nobel actually nominated right. for a Razzie
3: for it. Who
1: did win the Oscar? This oh, year? wait, really?
3: Yeah, I'm pretty sure.
1: Oh, I feel like it would, she would be the best part of that movie. That sucks.
3: But it got shit because of cultural probation. She's oh, the yeah. Yes. Oh,
2: my. oh I didn't Jeez. even think about that. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, oh.
3: So went from a really high-high with Carol to Yeesh. a bit of a low. <laughs> yeah, I, uh,
0: a little bit. Let me
1: loosen my collar a little bit. Yeah, Yeesh.
0: Really <laughs> what if we just did that for the rest of the show? Hot yeah.
1: in here.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um. Who did that? T- yeah. Here. That's a good idea. Or that's a good point. Um, Brie Bree Larson won Best Actress right. for Room. Yeah. And Alicia Vikander won for the Danish girl right.
2: for supporting. Because uh, oh. Rooney
3: Morrow isn't supporting.
0: Oh
1: that's not gonna be looked that's not gonna be looked upon
3: not so, at all. That's, that's not a, a win that's gonna age well. I don't even think it's aged well in the past four years since
2: it
1: happened. It, it, I don't think it. It it, it did not age well the minute it happened. Like, (laughs) like a minute after that, like, oh, that was not a good choice. I remember that. That
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: it's just like,
0: whoa, wait, 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 wait. I'm not the (laughs) biggest fan of Room, but I'm okay. I'm more content with Brie Larson having an Oscar. Yeah. Um, but I, I think this kind of makeup for Short Term 12
3: yeah like i mean that movie she's amazing in that movie
0: incredible just if, you, if we want to talk well, about a great ensemble oh well, my god stuff we're going to mm-hmm. talk about the so, like, Oscar yeah, winners,
3: like talk about that movie stars but... that are in that movie <laughs> it's crazy
1: movie. um yeah and I, I think i feel like alicia won because of ex machina right like i think can we all yeah, agree to that
3: I mean, I get that. That seems that
0: like... That sucks that,
3: that
1: seems she didn't right. win for x Yeah. No. She but I, I, I don't know why else she would win. I mean, it's also an incredibly Oscar-baiting movie, but, like, yeah. I feel like... I just feel like that was kind of the idea. And it's, it's I kind of like,
3: like... both of them ran the table, basically, too. Like, they won everything. Mm-hmm. Like, Brie and Elisa Vikander, both. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, this might sound weird, but... Maybe it's the Jennifer Lawrence effect, and when I say that, by the, what I mean by that is how the Academy loved Jennifer Lawrence so early on, how they just kind of grasped onto her early on in her career as this young up and comer, and they're like, "We're not going to let her go," and you know, "We're going to nominate her for each consecutive performance. or like these performances she gives, even though she's so new to the game." They made her and live in David
0: like- Russell's basement. Yeah, oh my god! Oh god!
1: Um, but I do think it kind of had that effect where the Academy wanted to kind of claim Alicia and Brie because right. they, they were these new found stars.
0: Kind of like Emma yeah. Stone in a way. But yeah, well, I, I
1: mean,
3: that's like the that. Academy for you. It's the younger actresses and the older actors that usually mm. get honored. Right. Especially, I think in the past, I mean, since maybe since like the year 2000, that's kind of been
1: the trend. I guess, yeah. I think Jennifer Lawrence just, just stuck out to me, though, because that was... Definitely.
3: Just, I mean, she was, was so weird. young.
0: I mean, yeah. Think about why we haven't seen a lot of her in the past few years like she was just so she just got so famous so quick
2: yeah she's
3: hanging out with
1: amy schumer man what are you talking about she's
3: just like i think she's like burnt out yeah exactly yeah because she was you're i mean like you said she was getting nominated every year for a different movie and then she was also doing the hunger games at the Mm -hmm. same time and like yeah
1: who who gets nominated for joy i'm sorry but like joy
3: yeah. this was the year she was nominated for joy as well
1: oh boy like come on this she's actually, a good actress but like ugh. this best know.
3: actress lineup is pretty strong i think minus that but it, it's still jennifer lawrence but it's brie larson for true Will, very true Kate blanchett for carol jennifer lawrence for joy charlotte rampling for 45 years and saoirse mm-hmm. for brooklyn so those are oh. some I mean, forty five years So, so, so. good.
1: Oh. Saoirse was a surprise that year, right? Forget like, people weren't expecting I
2: that. Oh.
3: I don't, yeah, I don't think so. I think Saoirse has kind of become a bit of a Jennifer Lawrence in that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I don't think it's undeserving. And she didn't get nominated <sighs> last year for Mary Queen of Scots, whereas I think if it was Jennifer Lawrence, she would have. You know what I mean? Yeah I, yeah, I
0: can buy that take. Um.
3: Um, but, yeah, I mean... I think all of her noms are well-deserving, for sure.
0: Do we but. think that Blanchett didn't win because she just won for Blue Jasmine?
1: Oh, boy.
3: I think
2: probably. <laughs> right. That's she's how already, she's
3: works. won twice. <laughs> she's won twice, so it's like, they they really hold that third one close to the chest.
0: Yeah. yeah. It like made
3: Meryl wait a really long time, so...
0: Nicholson winning in the span of... Um gotta be six or seven years and then he wins like 15 years later
3: yeah, yeah that's, that's what's a, gonna that's happen
0: in yeah oh yeah now
3: that he's i maybe, know maybe that's
0: even it. de niro this year
3: the th- yeah th-
1: her's gonna win for blade we all know this
3: oh he's gonna win
1: the oscar point. for blade
3: that's the point hmm. um no yeah i mean as much as i never hate to see Merhursela honored, I mean, yeah. he was good in Green Book, but probably, but that's why now he can do Blade. True. Because
0: he has two eyes.
3: He's like, hello, Kevin Feige. Yeah. I have two eyes. That's
0: literally what he did, though. That's li- he literally, Kevin.
3: It's literally what he did.
0: He it's walked in his office, double fisting hardware.
3: He's oh, like, my. hello, sir. <laughs> I'm going to do a movie, and you're going
1: to pay for it. Thanks. <laughs> he saw Kevin at a party. He went to Kevin and be like, so what are you guys doing with Blade? And he's like, oh, not really. And he's like, I want to be Blade. And he's like, okay, we'll talk. And they talked like, a few days later, and he's like, I guess we're doing Blade. <laughs> Mahershala wants it. We give it. I, I don't know what so else So iconic. Do.
3: Ali gets what he wants.
1: Um, Rooney Marr has had a strange career since Carol. Let me Is our a
0: third Rooney um, Marr movie? this. Say it again. This is also our third Rudy Mara movie or performance. I wouldn't call it. Holy shit. Yeah. With uh, the social network and her.
1: Holy shit. You're right. Yeah. Um, Kubo. Yunya got nominated for an Oscar. The Discovery. Never heard of it. A ghost story, which is probably her most notable performance of recent years uh, besides carol song to song which is something everyone wants to forget Um,
3: oh yeah
1: don't worry he won't get far on foot the
3: joaquin movie that that
1: no one talks about yeah Yeah. exactly it's the most un joaquin joaquin movie meaning that no one talks about him in that movie besides like he was in it and mary magdalene and with was directed by garth davis i think the same guy who did lion and had joaquin phoenix as jesus yeah shel edgy for and we and that movie doesn't exist that's so weird why is and you,
3: why has she been in anything this year
1: i don't know now they now so one that sucks that she she should be in more movies and she should be more um talked about and i think that the cat i i guess what i'm talking about like when we were talking about Jeffrey Lawrence or Sir Sharon and how they immediately kind of hit on the scene and they got these great roles and everyone was talking about them and the, like the academy loves them it def- it's not de- it's definitely not the same with Rooney um, yeah. she'll but funny enough she's going to be teaming with Kate Blanchett in Del Toro's new movie
2: oh she's going to be
1: re-teaming with Blanchett in uh, Del Toro's new movie Nightmare oh, yes. Alley
3: I did I did hear that who else is in that
1: too like a crazy amount a of people. A
3: bunch of people, yeah.
1: Tony Colette. Oh. Uh, Bradley Cooper. William Defoe. William Defoe. Oh sorry.
3: My God.
1: Ron Perlman, which is the biggest star they have. Yeah. Uh, David Strathairn, the great David Strathairn. Sh- 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 I love him. Honestly,
3: his name. yes, absolutely, the great. Richard
1: Jenkins.
2: Oh. Uh,
1: and Holt McElhaney from Mindhunter. Wow. That's that's a fucking cast.
2: I am
3: looking forward to that one.
1: Um, but yeah, no, she should be in more things. I don't know why. I don't know why she's, she's just, not
0: like strategic with picking who she wants to work with. Kind
1: of
3: like yeah, like she could be like
0: working.
1: Yeah, but her strategy's not working. Then no, I mean at, I don't not. want to be that guy, but like it's no, I, it, I hear you. Um, yeah.
3: I mean, she does have two Oscar nominations,
1: right? Yeah, it two? is true, right? Two? But I just like she, she should be getting. Yeah, exactly. I, f- I feel like she should be getting the, like, assertion amount of roles. Like, she should be in a Gerwig, or, like, she should be, like, you know, like, like, Lady Bird and Little Women and Brooklyn came pretty close together.
2: Yeah. And
1: even Mary Queen of Scots, like, these are meaty roles by interesting directors.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And with Rooney, it's besides the Malick and a ghost story, which is of note, it's just, she doesn't, She's not given a lot to do, and even in Nightmare Alley, she will be in an in ensemble. She probably won't be the main character.
2: True.
1: So it's it's. A little, I don't like it. I don't like it. I like I like when she's in more movies. I like her. I think yeah, she's great. She's
3: a, a yeah. really interesting performer. Like I mean, she's, she's, she's felt, has,
0: nobody looks like her.
3: It, looks I was like, it. she's such an interesting look. Like. Mm that he can pull off something like Carol and I know it's a lot of hair and makeup and things like that, but then also be like Elizabeth in girl with the dragon Mm, tattoo is like really phenomenal.
0: I think if um, she was go ahead, Jack, Go ahead. she's got these like dark beady eyes Mm
2: -hmm.
0: in in this movie and in her eyes are like very wide open. And it kind of like gives you this sense of like innocence and, uh, And like just longing, that I don't think you would you would get from anyone else. Yeah.
2: No. Yeah.
3: She really. These are very two
0: well cast roles. Yeah.
3: Absolutely, and just like such, in a way, such quiet performances. Mm. Like Carol is uh, Kate Blanchett. It's obviously like we were talking about. It's more of the tour de force, but but so there's so much there. Even though this movie and this movie is is very quiet. It Mm. it. kind of feel that it's building towards something and Haynes is so good at capturing like the little moments and making them important like the ones you would you know like you you were talking before Jack about um about the glove and how that moment stood out to you and that's just like a tiny moment but it's all about those like there's so many of those little moments in there of everyday kind of life that we don't think about as important but that are so vital in this relationship and this romance yeah, and become definitely. like such a huge, huge part of it. Yeah. And it is, it's it's all very like much little moments until then they, you know, go on this road trip and it, you know, with the traveling salesman, which the first time I thought I really did not see coming. Notions. Truly. But but yeah, and that's when it really just like it uh, and even the score at that point, like right. it we're talking it, it kind it's
0: of, been the it changes yeah it's like a thriller Mm -hmm. kind of. it almost
3: is and i mean i see not to bring up dark waters again but (laughs) that's the way it is in dark waters as well it's it's kind of this sense of like building towards something building towards something building towards something like what's going to happen kind of thing so it does kind of have almost that like to keep you engaged and we're talking about how it really grabs you in the beginning and pulls you in that's kind of what it, it has that kind of tone to it
0: do we consider this a christmas movie
3: I
1: think so. It's a little late for this conversation, isn't it's it? Die Hard it, 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 is a Christmas movie, it, it's Christmas a Christmas movie,
3: movie right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so.
2: I think it, always... it has oh, love. Yeah.
0: I try not to be too, like, overly semantic with the Christmas movie definition. Like, you know, it's gotta, like, be... It's gotta uh, be celebrating Christmas and, and, like, it's about Christmas, like... I think the Christmas yeah. aesthetic is enough to like qualify yes. it for a Christmas movie. I agree. I can watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and <laughs> and be like this. This is about the the season of giving, you know?
2: Absolutely. Um, just as... <laughs> Iron Man 3 is Christmas Iron movie. Man
0: 3, yes. Um,
3: Iron Man 3, an amazing movie that's also a Christmas movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love
2: Iron Man 3.
0: And so just because we see Christmas trees at... at um, the Aird's house and uh, Therese has has a has a Santa hat at the beginning. Uh, I think that's enough. That's enough. I money. like
3: the hat. That's yeah. oh, so iconic. Right? Yeah. It's great.
1: Do we think? Sorry, I'm kind of still stuck on Mara because I one, I think she had the harder job in Aren't this movie. All? I think yes, true. I mean those, those bangs.
3: All of us are just stuck it? on Rooney Mara.
1: Ugh, her and her, her and those bangs. I, I can't get them out of my head. Um. <laughs> But I do find that she might have, she probably had the harder job than Blanchett, meaning that Mara had to keep on the same level of Blanchett acting-wise, but also be much quieter, but also be very engaged. And we also had to see Carol through her eyes, or we wouldn't ha- have or um, that understanding of their connection. And we wouldn't necessarily see Carol as this otherworldly figure if we didn't have Mara. So she definitely has the harder job and I just feel like she can be used so well in other movies um, by knowing by knowing how much she can tie together an emotional scene, whether it be that scene in her or those flashbacks in her without her saying too much she can all she already has this presence. Um, and I'm just curious maybe her career would have turned out much different if she actually followed up those dragon tattoo sequels.
3: Yeah, that's a bummer.
1: Because those were going to happen, they were going to make three, and they were going to yeah. have Craig, and were and Fincher was probably going to do it, maybe.
3: Yeah.
1: But too much money, and it all went down the shitter.
3: That's yeah. So unfortunate. There was that. Do you guys remember that Sony hack, like leak thing? That- yes,
0: yes, yes,
1: yes. And yes. there was
3: in within that, I think there was like an email from Rooney Mara to like Amy Pascal or whoever was at Sony.
2: It was being, Like
3: yeah, being like hi, like hope you're doing well, like, just wondering if there's any news on the sequels, like, I really like exactly. working on it, and I it's just, I always, every time oh. I think of Rooney Mara, I think of that, because I'm just like, god this girl just really wanted to be the girl with the dragon right. tattoo again and then <laughs> like, we
0: got, right. um, Katie Alvarez's remake that yeah. really doesn't exist last year,
3: oh, poor Claire, Claire Foy. Foy. poor Claire Foy, yeah Claire Foy, and yeah. not a, not, maybe not the best uh, <laughs> post crown,
0: right,
1: well then then she gave uh, a performance that should never be forgotten in the fr- in first man. bunch I, of boys. I, 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 thank you. I was gonna say bunch the same exact thing. Of boys, You're just a bunch of boys playing dress up or I forget the the Whoa. next part. But, oh. It's
0: like a gift that's going to be used a lot this award season.
2: Oh, absolutely uh,
0: it was It was used last award season too.
2: Yeah because of
0: you in different contexts. Boy
1: erased. No, it was the directors. I think. I think we didn't only yeah. have all male directors nominated.
0: Yeah. Yes. Well, in this terrible. year most likely.
1: And I'm pretty sure I saw like a whole bunch of tweets saying a bunch of boys because I was yeah. just such in the. I, it's not even a gif in my head anymore. It's just like a thing that pl- replays over my head, like just yeah. when I just think about it a lot. It's this just one of the greatest. Man,
0: heavy episode. <laughs>
3: Okay, it's because it's my influence, though, because I love it. It's a
1: great movie. movie. <laughs> Sorry, it's a great movie. It's an uh, unrecognized masterpiece.
3: It's absolutely... And that score, I mean...
2: Oh, my God.
3: We can discuss Justice for for that
0: score in, in, a, in a future First Man episode. Yes! <laughs> um, but, but, yeah.
1: Uh, is there... Uh, I'm trying to think, because I feel like this movie is... It's interesting to talk about, and there's a lot to say. But it's—I don't know if there's much plot or like story ideas to discuss besides of just how how the craft of it. It's in one of those movies that's so much more craft than necessarily is on the paper. Mm. I'm not saying it's a someone, bad script or
0: anything. I can see someone I'm making it, the argument that it's style versus substance. Yeah. But even I guess, that but, argument, yeah. like it's so it's so like. Like, empty, you know? Like, I don't know what you want me to say. Like, it's either you're on board for the style or, or like, it's totally fine if you want to get off the train. Um, it, I think it's a, you just can't complain that they are subjecting the movie to a style because that, that is a choice and it's a matter of subjective criticism rather than objective criticism. So then,
1: you it's a visual just, medium. Yeah,
0: you just can't, you just can't, uh, constantly be picking at it in one column. There's, there's always going to be two columns.
1: That's what makes a film a film is style. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I, I I do get that discussion. Like, the Beach Bum is a it's a style over substance. Does it make it not an awesome movie? No, it's an bring, awesome movie.
0: We're gonna bring out the Beach Bum this late in the episode.
1: I mean, I'm sorry, but like, but it's that idea of how the aesthetic adds to the story. I think that's the thing. Either the style can be distracting or adds. And I think that's what people mean by style over substance. But they think it's because, oh, it's the script or like, it got too flashy. No, it got it became the flash didn't add to it. There's a difference. Um, and I think this movie just has so much, it's so, it's just crafted so well. That's the thing that yeah. came, like, our, the first movie we ever discussed was Mad Max Free Road, and I think mm-hmm. me and Jack both say it's, like, the most well-crafted film maybe ever made, yeah. just because of the oh, craft involved.
3: I've seen so many um, people say that that's their, like, number one movie of the decade. Yeah. And you know who it's else It's Moonlight
1: I've, and then Mad Max for me.
0: Who else I've seen say that is, like, a lot of directors. Yeah. They're like, that's the one I keep returning
3: to this decade. It's an epic movie. Yeah. It's just like such the scale of it is—it's unbelievable.
1: It feels like movie. the most directed movie. I think yeah. that's why directors love it.
0: In like the best, yeah. in, in like the best way.
3: Yeah. Oh,
1: exactly. of, course. of course.
3: I love um, that. I love the scene in Carol, and this is just bringing it back a little bit to what you were saying before, Clay, about um, Rooney Mara and how her performance is the harder one. And I absolutely agree. And I think the plot in general if we're talking about the plot, what is the substance, like everything hinges on Therese and her decisions, because she decides to, you know, go on this road trip with Carol, she decides to go see her, she just, you know, it's all kind of the balls in her court for most of it, and on making these decisions. And even at the end, the end is all about this decision she makes to leave this party and go see Carol. But I love this scene with her and Sarah Paulson mm. after Carol's left to go back to New York and, you know, where she really kind of loses control a little bit, but it's still so restrained and so controlled. Yeah. And I mean, obviously it's Sarah Paulson on the other end as well. So it's just like two absolutely awesome actors just like having a back and forth. And I just think it's, I, 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 I kind of forgot about it. And then this when I watched it um, this week, i was like wow like this scene yeah, this is so like underrated it's awesome
0: the letter that carol writes to therese reminds me of michael stuhlbarg's monologue and uh, call me by your name yeah just in like this will not last yeah things have an end but treasure this like it yeah. means more to you later than it will now that it has then that it has ended it's I mean, I, I think it's, they're in, they're at relationship with one another, those two scenes in their meaning. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That's a really good point. That's, that's absolutely. Call. I mean, like that scene and call me by your name.
2: Yeah. Cool. So I next
3: <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I don't know if you, I've, if you've read the book, but I, it's,
0: this, I did. Yes.
3: Yeah. No. It's, I mean, it's like when you, I, I read the book right before I saw the movie yeah. And it's like you read this, you know, this soliloquy that he gives, yeah, basically, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, this like, you know, and you're like, oh, it can't be like that in the movie like that. It'd just be too cheap. But it's like they found, like Luca found a way to make hmm. it so authentic and natural that this, you know, storied man is kind of giving his son this gift of wisdom. Right, and, right. Ugh, so good.
0: Clay, do you want to transition into favorite scene?
1: I was actually, you know what, Just Mr. Draper, you read my mind. I was <laughs> trying to figure out what my favorite scene is because... Maybe
0: Meg already got us there. That
1: I honestly thing. think... I do... Yeah, I gotta say, I I've, I kind of feel bad about the. I don't know if I feel bad. It's interesting, though. I'm going to choose a scene where Carol isn't... I mean, she's there, of course. It's the topic of conversation. But it's in the diner with after carol leaves abruptly and it's just sarah paulson and rooney talking with each other Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think it's just them face to face kind of going like and sarah just like um describing what what this is what this kind of love does in a sense and the effect it has and also how like it's the experience versus the um Someone who's experiencing all of this for the first time. It's the someone who's completely new to this world to someone who's lived in it for so long. Mm. And I think that's kinda like a, a lot of the core of the movie. And I think also Mara is just so excellent. I yeah. think so that's
2: probably
0: I think mine is after it's kind of a cheat. It's <laughs> I found a loophole. Um after uh Therese leaves the Arid residence, she's on the bus and it <gasps> feast is like overwhelmed and tearing up. Oh uh, yeah. And you can read it. Oh, you can so read good. that expression a million different ways. You can read it like she is a burden on the Arids. She like like maybe that she reminds Carol and Harge just remind her of, of her parents, maybe. Um She you could read it like she's never going to have something like this because it'll eventually Destruct into something unfixable. Um, it's it's never it's not definitive. Um, yeah. And, I, and that's that's just a beautiful piece of acting by, by Mare. I mean like crying is kind of like, okay, sure, you can we can cry and scream and get it, but it, it's it's great, yeah.
3: No, it's like she could be feeling a million different things. Yeah, and, then,
0: and then like Harge calling her that girl from the department store is just so like condescending, and, yeah. Um, you feel at you feel hurt.
1: Hard wishes he was that girl from the department store.
0: <laughs> he wishes he has a Santa hat. He does. And those <laughs> bangs. My <laughs> gosh.
1: Um, and so, and uh, Meg, your favorite scene though is that the one you were talking about earlier. Uh, yeah. Or
3: do you have another? I that's I think you and I both have the same one I think and and it's like I think maybe it's a tie and this is funny actually because another scene where they're not together which is like interesting that all three of us picked scenes where it's just one of them Mm -hmm. but I think it's that Rooney Mara scene with Sarah Paulson um, and also then I really love the um, Cape Blanchett scene where she stands up um, with the lawyers and Harge and that that little speech that she gives about, you know, which is so hard because she's, cho- you know, choosing basically to not be with her daughter all the time. Um, and it's, yeah. and it, it's a defeat. It's not that she's winning. It's not even that she's kind of taking the upper hand or being the bigger person. Like she just is like is defeated and is doing the only thing that she feels that she can do. She lays right. it out
1: all on the table.
3: Yeah, and it's just it's so, so well yeah. done.
0: Doesn't she have that line where it's like, "And we are not ugly people." Yeah, and, and it's like, if you want this to get ugly, we'll go to court, and we are not ugly people. Something like that. It's yeah, it's just... that's
3: that's it. And um, you, the yeah. way she says it, and yeah. she, she just breaks on that last line. It's so good.
0: Was that her Oscar clip? I I don't remember.
3: Maybe, but I mean, I like,
0: it's it's just so earned that yeah, I, I never even I never. Even, had that thought Absolutely.
1: yeah but i feel like i mean it's so good that like i feel like that just that scene is a culmination of so many things in the movie i feel like that Absolutely. would have been a perfect oscar clip um, yeah one more thing and then uh, we'll start plugging but I, I, I forgot so blanchett was nominated for lead she is the titular character and mm-hmm. mara was, um, was nominated for supporting is that category fraud
0: no that's perfect
1: Oh, I just, I, I think if anything, Mara is a co lead. She can, I don't think she's supporting.
3: You, you I, follow I her mean.
1: through the entire movie. Yeah,
0: I guess it I is her PG, but she's kind of character. As well.
3: I'd buy it swapped as well if Cate Blanchett was supporting and Mara was lead. But I do agree. I think authentically they're both leads, they're co leads. Um, but I think if you were going to put one of them in supporting, you'd put. Kate Blanchett because yes she's the titular character but I like you said like we follow Rooney Mara the entire time and I think we were saying before like we see Carol through her eyes mostly
1: yeah exactly I don't think we get a Carol without Therese yeah, I don't I I like it, you know what I mean
0: it's kind of a silly argument but since they both didn't win if they were both in lead I think I think that would like negate both, that would cancel them out
2: yeah.
1: I mean, they didn't win either either, I, either I way. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I think that actually would have been a bit a better. Like, because what? How many movies do that? How many movies get nominated for it? Um, for two two in the same category besides the leading wise.
3: Right. True. Yeah. Because I mean, you think about like the favorite. And people were calling crying category fraud over that. But if you're gonna put, you know, I think if you're gonna put Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz in the same category, which I think is right. You, I think you have an easier shot getting one to win and supporting mm. when there's two nominated from one movie. It's
0: kind of like um,
2: right.
0: this year with um, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe for the Lighthouse.
2: <gasps> yeah. It's
0: like, which which do you put in lead in supporting?
1: Oh, I didn't even think about that. Oh. Because I feel like only Dafoe's been really mentioned for that. I feel like Pattinson's been kind of forgotten that conversation. Yeah. but yeah. That, that makes sense.
0: I mean, oh, they're, I oh. they're trying to go Dafoe for supporting.
3: I feel like Pattinson could maybe sneak in at the Globes because it's split. Yeah, just because, and like I feel like it's not gonna happen, but I could see it happening if only because he's just been on this like press tour for the Lighthouse. He really
0: have done a lot more than I thought. And
3: it's like the Batman thing, but also like I just feel like he's had like all these pull quotes constantly,
2: Mm.
3: and he's just kind of having a moment.
2: Yeah, so I could
3: see him getting a Globe nom. Yeah. You know, I but think the. I indi- mean, the Best Actor is stacked, so it's totally. just stacked. Here. The
0: indie spirits might even,
3: yeah, help sure. that.
0: Yeah.
1: Sure. yeah, I, I think I, I, I don't know about the Globes. Man, I can never predict Globes. Besides, maybe You're like true. a they're comedy. Pretty, they're pretty weird. Well, you know?
3: the HFPA is like the most random. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's the most. It's also like the most corrupt awarding body, like ever.
3: Yeah. <laughs> like maybe not the best people.
1: <laughs> no, As if the Academy
0: no. wasn't corrupt enough. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But like the like the thing about the uh, said this plenty of times, but like the thing about the Hollywood foreign press is that there's so few of them you can buy each of them a fricking watch right
3: if you're sh- if you're shaking hands, you can absolutely get at least a knob
1: like I think Sharon Stone won something, and it was it came out later that she bought like each Hollywood foreign press member a gold watch or something like that, yeah. That's wild. Look it up. I'm paraphrasing, but that's somewhat the truth, I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that's I guess that's our favorite scene. It's just an amazing movie. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Jack, where can all of the people find you on the
0: internet? Mm. I'm Jack A. Draper on Twitter. And um, my writing is on the Simple Sin file as well.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, Meg Brady, speaking of the uh, simple cinephile, where can they find you?
3: So I'm on Twitter. Okay, so this is actually funny because I'm literally thinking of changing my Twitter name. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm debating it right now. So, right now, I am at Bacon, Meg, and Cheese, which is from high school. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm going to be at the Meg Brady.
1: So. <laughs> so if you're listening there. to us on uh, this week of December 6th, around there, follow her at Bacon, uh, Bacon Meg, and Cheese, which is a great pun. <laughs> course, should be celebrated. <laughs> but later, you can also find her at... Um, I'll put another I'd say
3: probably by tomorrow it'll be the Meg Brady. So just V. Meg Brady.
1: The Meg Brady, then forget anything I just said. <laughs> it's a great pun, though. Um, thank you. You can yes. follow me, of course. Also, um, oh, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate yeah. it. We would thank love for you to... Thank you so much uh, for
3: having me. This was so much fun.
1: Um, you can follow me at ClayFilm100 on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm actually doing Instagram stuff now because why not? Um, you can follow me on Letterbox at ClayFilm100. Um, please remember to rate, review, subscribe... We're we're coming up on pretty much the end of the decade, and we're going to be starting our, in the near future, our Best Picture mini series. We break down every single Best Picture winner. It's going to be really exciting. We have a lot of great guests lined up for that. Cannot wait. Um, On the Anchor app, you can leave us a voicemail. We will figure out how to play that voicemail, but we will respond if you have any questions, comments, concerns. I know there's a lot to be concerned about, but please just... uh, do uh, use that voicemail. Leave us a message, would and like we. can chime will...
0: in about Rooney Mara's bangs at all?
1: Oh yes, actually, like that. that's the only thing you should call on, call in about. Never mind. Oh, Just okay. only voicemails about Rooney Mara's bangs, and the <laughs> world would be good. Um, <laughs> you can follow uh, you can follow this podcast on Twitter at ett pod. Um, is there anything else we're missing, Mr. Draper? I
0: think that's
2: all good. Yeah, all right. Thank
1: it you it so out. much for. Oh, no. Wait, what? No, what are you going to say? No, are, are you you're did, all good Just interrupt me. Yeah. Oh, you're wait. Okay. So I close it out now? Wait, I close it out now. close it out now. Are you sure? Positive? Getting, okay. you
0: are getting okay, the, okay. Uh, the
1: hook out of the curtain. And the hook? Okay. All right. <laughs> the cane. So let will try this again. Yeah. We're professional. We're, We're professional. professionals, of course. Thank you guys for listening. We will catch you next time on Exiting Through the 2010s.